Welcome to the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am your host, Michelle Berman-Michael, and my mission with this podcast is simple, to help realtors and loan officers across the world tap into the value Instagram can have for them and their business. To me, organic business that comes to us is the name of the game. On this show, you're going to hear from myself, other experts across social media, and also others that are just like you selling real estate and doing loans and doing it at a high level on social media. All right, guys, I'm so excited to be back again for another episode of the Coffee and Questions podcast. If you've been around with me for a while, you know that that I love interviewing people who just have their shit figured out. That's what I got to say. And I am super excited to be joined by a new friend, Roland Cochran, founder of InDesign. And I'm going to let him kind of dive into his story, how he kind of came to be who he is now. But I also really want to just shout out a very mutual friend of the two of ours, uh, Phil Treadwell, who when Roland and I first met, we talked about our relationship with Phil forever, it felt like. But just shout out to Phil Treadwell if he's listening to this. I know he listens to the podcast, but Phil, you were awesome. Thank you for bringing the two of us ultimately together. I'm super excited. But Roland, why don't you take it away and, and let my audience kind of get to know you a little bit? Yeah. So in a, in a, I'm going to kind of tell my story within context to a little bit about what we're going to talk about today, just so that it's um, a little bit more relatable. So um, my story is similar to most of our stories. My initial career I, I founded because all right, it kind of finds you and uh, when you're careerless or younger, you, you would just grab that first one and run with it. So mine was actually physical therapy, which was inconvenient because uh, unlike one of the things that I don't need a degree for where I can just like get going in my in my 20s, uh, physical therapy, it was a doctorate. So I mean, I wasn't going to be able to start until I was uh, 29 or, or 30. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. But anyways, uh, I pursued the heck out of that. And as entrepreneurs, like we are super scrappy, I launched, launched quickly, opened up clinics. I ended up um, no longer treating patients after a year and two months and just started opening up locations. Um, then found that I didn't really want to run a business, at least like that in that way, right? Because when they grow, you end up dealing with just a ton of problems. I had to lead. I'm not a really good leader. Um, naturally, I'm just not a good leader. Um, I, I have a lot of ideas and that tends to confuse people and piss them off. And so that's just not good. It's not good leadership. Uh, law, all that to say, I had to find a way to get out of the business, but I wanted to maintain ownership in the cash flow. I was only 31 uh, at the time. And so I, I wanted to maintain the income from those businesses. So I uh, built a leadership team to run all of them. At the actually time, I ended up opening two. One was a more of your traditional brick and mortar. The other one is kind of more of an urgent care model. And both of those just started growing like crazy way faster once I got leadership into place. But then I got I wanted to pursue my, my true passion and dream, which was kind of two things. One, wanted to coach. I love coaching. I love helping other people find, uh, uh, I, I, other, uh, you know, kind of climbing that second mountain. So people have already hit that pinnacle of the first career, helping them find their thing and really making their passion and purpose part of their brand, part of their career. So you do, you get to do, you get to do both. So I wanted that for myself and I wanted to, um, well, once I figured it out, then I wanted to coach, but my, my other passion I wanted to do, which is what my wife and I are doing now is 
sell my house and live out of Airbnbs and travel uh, the world full time. We've been doing that now for uh, three years. So all that to say, whatever you want, just there's a way to figure it out. You just have to <laughs> you just have to find out how to do it. And uh, none of us really know how to do it out of the gates. You kind of have to pay people, read some books, and some of it's just trial and error. Yeah. So you obviously built InDesign like in this process of kind of trying to discover the passion, discover who you wanted to be outside of the physical therapy space. And I don't know if we talked about this, but I actually went to school for physical therapy. My first two years was physical therapy at Rutgers. Um, I swam competitively. Uh, I was a competitive athlete my entire life up until about two years ago when I was found out I was pregnant. Um, but my first two years of school at Rutgers, I actually was going through the physical therapy program and then quit and decided I was going to be a journalist. And my parents were like, excuse me. Um, it was very random and different. And everybody in my circle was like, that doesn't even make any sense, Michelle. Um, and I was like, you wait, I'll, I'll make it make sense. Um, so just, just goes to your point of like the scrappiness. Right. Um, but I, I do want to hear all about InDesign. And I think our, my audience is going to get so much out of this because one of the things that you've been able to do incredibly well in your career is be anywhere you want to be whenever you want to be there while also running a really successful business. And I think that there's a lot of agents who are listening to this who say, well, what happens if I move, right? What happens if I need to be somewhere else? Um, I, I personally, you know, work with a lot of agents who are married to individuals in the military, which means that there's a lot of moving that goes on. Right. So how do they maintain their careers? So if you can back us up to kind of what InDesign does and ultimately where you where that passion created this transcending uh, state lines, if you will, business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the what I noticed was. There was this gap really between the elite players and everybody else who was aspiring to be elite. And I'd already, you know, I'd, I'd achieved the financial success and I was going to the conferences and uh, I was friends with all these, the people in the elite group. Luckily, um, I found a way to, you know, be included in this group of, of 30 people, but there was just something different. I didn't fit in and um, it wasn't just my perception. I mean, I just knew there was just the conversations. I wasn't able to participate in some conversations. I, I didn't really, couldn't really put my finger on what it was. And what it was, was that I didn't know. I didn't know what they knew. And at the time, I didn't know what that was. I'm like, what do they know that I don't know? And it took a while. About a year later, I figured it out. They know what their unique ability is. They know the work that they like to do and the problems they enjoy solving. They know the problems that they're uniquely good at solving. They know the problems that people seek them out, especially, you know, especially to solve. And then they know who they are. They know them. They know themselves. And I needed to figure that out. And I freaking, oh my gosh, Michelle, I paid everyone so much money trying to just, how do you find out what your unique ability is? How do you find your thing? Like, cause I wanted my thing. That's what all these people had. They had their thing and I wanted it so bad. And oh my gosh, I was literally paid everyone, went to everything. So ended up selling my brick and mortar practices, my sports medicine, selling those to a private equity firm in Wall Street so that I could just free up some of my time because um, the urgent care ones ran themselves. The other ones, you know, just took some of my consciousness. And I'm like, I need all my consciousness to solve this freaking problem. And it went on for probably two and a half years of, I kid you not, 
it was my full-time job. I let out my businesses. I just said, Hey guys, figure it out, hire whoever you need. I don't want to hear anything about it. So all my businesses running on their own. I was like, I need all my attention for this. All that to say, I had all the pieces, but none of them were together. So I wrote it out like in my journal in like a form of like a, as like a, a little formula. And to this day, that is the InDesign formula. I've improved it since then. Uh, but right when I saw it, I'll tell you what, not only did I find, not only did I see it, but I saw it. I thought, oh my gosh, this, this needs to, people need to see it in this way. And now none of it's new, Michelle. It's not, none of it's new. It's all like Phil, when Phil came to the event, He's like, you know, none of it was stuff I hadn't seen before. I've just never had anyone link it in a way that I could actually trace my unique ability, my thing, all the way down to making it a reality. Uh, and that's what InDesign does. It, it finds a way to make it real. And the coolest thing about your thing is it follows you from company to company, from state to state, from business type to business type, industry to industry, physical therapy to mortgage. Mortgage is my primary niche now. It follows you anywhere you go. That's the cool thing about your thing. It's your, it's the way you think. It's the way you are. And, and, that, and I think that's the blessing of when you have it is you're invincible. There's truly, there's, there's nothing you can't do. Yeah, I, I just have to like one praise you to just say that there are so many people that I talk to and we have the same niche, right? So we work with the real estate and mortgage space exclusively. And there's, there's a lot, lot that goes into that. And I think on the mortgage side specifically, I can't express to you how many loan officers I talk to who, whether they've been in business for a, a year, 10 years, 40 years, they still don't know what that is. <laughs> and why this ties in like what their thing is. Right. So, I mean, they'll go through, I have a homework assignment that I put them through where they have to go through their last 10 to 15 transactions and really identify what was the thing that linked all of those 10 to 15, what were the themes that kind of was ultimately created. And then the most important piece being where did their lead very specifically come from? Um, and then being able to tie that into who's my niche or target audience within that. Um, and I, I just had somebody the other day, he's like, Michelle, I'm like the reverse mortgage person. Does anybody care about reverse mortgages? Cause I always thought that was like the worst thing to market. And I thought nobody cared. And I was like, no, that if that's your thing, then you have to market. Like that is your mm -hmm. thing. You have to go all into that. Mm -hmm. Don't who cares what everybody else is doing. If nobody else is talking about it, then you have an opportunity to capture market share. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's besides the point finding your thing can unlock scaling in your business, unlike anything yeah. else, right? So if you have more employees, if you have um, more VAs overseas that are helping you with like your social media or all these other things, that's not going to like ever actually help you get to like who you really could be, mm -hmm. right? Because it's just like, dele it's like forced delegating versus like taking the time to really solve the problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, whether you've been in the industry for five, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, however many years, they don't have a virtual handshake, right? Which is what mm -hmm. I, what I, that's what I call it. But it's who do you help? How do you help them? What's the end result that you're going to get them? They can't answer that. So why don't you, let's go there. Why don't we, mm -hmm. I ask you that question to the person who's been in the industry for a long time and doesn't know in one sentence who they are and how, how they can help somebody kind of talk us through mm -hmm. what you would say to them. So it goes back to what I said initially, right? When I found that, when I, when I look at the elite players in the industry, 
they're doing the same stuff as those aspiring to be elite. They're both got a fancy website. They're improving their tech stack. They're, uh, you know, messing with the best CRM and all these integrations. They're updating their workflows. They have a, they're taking social media classes and improving their social presence, right? Both people doing the same thing. So then why are the elite, where are the people at the elite level soaring and in love with their jobs and the people aspiring to be elite just kind of, you know, they're, they're making money, but they never find any sort of fulfillment or that strive. Because that's where we're all, we all really want to become that effortless entrepreneur. You see them, it's just easy. It's just natural for them. And they love it. They would do whether they got paid or not, right? That's, that's really what we're after. So why is it only happening to some and the other? And it's exactly, it's, it's basically what you just said, which is what the elite players did before they went out there grabbing all of those resources and preparing their stack. They did something very, very important, which was they took more time to figure out who they were, what the unique ability was, what they wanted to do, who needed it, and how they wanted that platform to look. And then they got a fancy website and then they got their social presence with their social content and then they built their team. And then, so they built a platform to share that unique ability with the world. It's their purpose and we can all see it. It's freaking obvious when someone has built a business out of their purpose. You go down to those aspiring to be elite, there's nothing behind it. They have all the same stuff, websites, CRM, everything, all the crazy, all the little tools, the knickknacks. But there's no passion behind it. There's no purpose behind it. There's no thing in there. It's just like a soulless machine and everyone can tell and it will always stay what it is. It's, it, 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 I'm not saying you won't make a ton of money. You can make seven figures running a soulless machine. People do it all the time. I'm just saying, depends what game you're playing. I, I built that. And you know what happened when I built it? I wanted nothing to do with it. I said, hey, you guys run this place. I'm out of here. It just, there was no purpose behind it. My job was done. It created an ATM that could then fund my passion. So I don't regret it, but I'm just saying there's, you guys have got to find your thing because the missing ingredient is this unspoken motive to get out there and help people. It makes you fearless. I am a, I am a timid person. People look at me and my muscles and my wealth and they say, oh, he's not afraid of anything. Yeah, I am. You guys just don't know me yet. You haven't talked. I am a very, I am the most, the reason I have muscles because I was insecure and I needed something so that people wouldn't find out how much of a sissy I was. That's why I started working out. That's why I have money. I got money so that you guys wouldn't find out how much of a weak softy I am, right? I did all these things to try and, so my point all being how I found my confidence, my stride, my passion was finding my thing because it turns you into a fearless person who just doesn't care. I'll get on podcasts. I'll put myself out there. I'll speak on stage because it's too important for me to not share this stuff with everybody. So that's the missing ingredient. Find your dang thing at, at all costs. Go all in. Spend three, four years finding it because you'll cross the seven-figure mark the next year. I mean, Michelle, you're a, you're a, you're an example of this. Find your thing. Everything will fall into place. Just if if I could tell anyone, go all in on finding your thing, and find people who can help it help get it out of you. Yeah, and this is something we were talking about in the pre-show a little bit of how powerful it can be to have somebody that knows how to get that out of you. Yes. And, you know, for me being, being in business, as long as I have, I mean, my business has certainly changed and, and developed over that time, but 
I don't even feel like I work half the time. Like I'm working and I don't actually feel like I'm working. And like I could be on a sales call trying to sell the Instagram power method course to somebody and just be like, I could talk to this person forever. Like, I just love this. Mm -hmm. And that's something where I don't think that that happens when you are just collecting a paycheck. I certainly don't think it happens when you're um, trying to fit into a box that you don't belong into or you don't belong in. Um, And I also, I'm curious what your take would be on this, but as a coach, right, we're both coaches and we both spend a lot of time and a lot of our time helping others find these things. But I've always been told to ask yourself and end everything with a question, right? So if you, if you end every thought, if you end every question that you ask a client with a question, the idea is that it's going to come back and the conversation is going to continue till eventually you get to the root cause of whatever the conversation's about. So mm-hmm. maybe talk us through a little bit about how, what does that even start like? Right. So mm-hmm. I call you rolling and I'm like, okay, so I heard this. I, I know you're going to help me find my thing. How do we start? Mm-hmm. So it's a finding your thing, by the way, is the, is the most challenging. It's harder than making a million dollars way harder. It was making in comparison to me finding my thing, finding my craft. Uh, it is, there's nothing that was, that took more work. So if you think that you're just going to be able to like pay somebody, take a little course and get on like a handful of coaching calls or whatever and find your thing. Yeah. I mean, how, how many hours did it take to become a killer mortgage professional, killer real estate agent? A lot of time. And if you think finding your things and be any less than that, you are high. That is just so wrong. It is it takes attention. Here's what I would say though. It's fun. It's not like everything else that you learned. It's extremely fun because even though you might be far away, every step closer feels like a, a zillion dollars. So it's enjoyable the whole climb. You've, you've heard people describe that, right? Enjoy the process. And everyone's like, yeah, well, easy for you to say, like, I don't enjoy the process. Well, you're probably not finding your thing then because finding your thing's really fun. I was not miserable for those three years on that journey. I was extremely excited about all the coaching, all the courses, all the groups I was involved with. It was very exciting, a little tastefully frustrated that I wasn't there yet. Um, but at the same time, I say tastefully because it was a, it was a healthy motivation to be like, man, one day it's going to be like this. So how does that conversation start? <sighs> You're already designed the perfect way that you need to be designed to do your thing. So it's that's where it looks really different is you're already the person you already know and have all the passion and everything you need to do your thing. So the question isn't like, how do you develop it or find it? You already are it. The question is more so, what have you done to screw it up? and hide and put yourself in weird boxes so that you can't do it. So the conversations, it's difficult to answer that question because it's a very, very different and unique conversation. Cause I'm more curious, how have you been using your powers for your whole life? Because that's to me, that's, you, you, I can never tell you what your powers are and what your thing is. I can't tell you what your gifts are. I, I, it's impossible. I've never been a you. I've only been a me. So I can't, I can't know what it's like to be somebody with your power. So I'm less interested in identifying your powers and reading your future and crystal balls and stuff. 
I just got to understand the whole way that InDesign formula works is what have you been doing with your powers thus far? And the whole formula and the reason we do it with a group of 15 other top producers is everyone runs it through and you start to think, holy crap, and everyone can see your thing, but you can't. So they're all like sitting because that's how InDesign works. It's the in our three events. It's in that group setting. Everyone's like, oh, this is that person's thing because we all use the formula on it. And it's really obvious. But the person's thing, they can't see it because it's like, well, what do you mean? That's not a thing. That's this. And it's like, yeah, easy for you to say. That's natural for you. That's not natural for me. It's not natural for anyone else. It's easy for you. And so that's the problem with your thing is you almost become less interested in it because we become addicted to this idea that it's got to be hard and challenging and brand new and all this stuff. We put all these rules on it. And then next thing you know, it's not your thing anymore. When it's really quite, it's usually that simple thing that you take for granted and you just don't know how it can be used until someone shows you like, Hey, this is freaking unique. You need to do something with this. And then the second someone gives you permission, you're like, you know what I do. <laughs> so I know I, I didn't directly answer your question, but that's, it's, it's more complicated and simple. If that makes sense. It's actually like the simplicity of it, I think is what baffles people. Like if we flip that backwards, right? Like the fact that it is so simple, I think is what makes people just like there, what's the catch here? Something's missing. Like I'm not, you know? Um, and the thing I think we can, we can talk about our mutual friend, Phil Treadwell here for a minute. And he's been uh, somebody who has really poured into me in my career over the years. And I, and I know that you feel the same way. And um, one of the things is I actually got to go spend three days in Dallas with Phil for the first time in person after we had met. So we met, at, um, like what, three years ago, 2019 last March. Um, I was actually uh, 20 weeks pregnant when I got off a plane at 11 o'clock at night, my flight had been delayed three times trying to get to Dallas. I was miserable and pregnant and sick all of at the same time. Um, but I was so excited to get to Dallas to go see Phil Treadwell. And I had again, never met him in real life. And um, I was just like, I couldn't even believe I got to go hang out with this guy. Right. Yeah. I get there and Phil is just, Phil is just Phil. Like if you, I mean, I, we've met Phil, right? Like Phil is just Phil. Like he's just this awesome teddy bear of a guy who happens to be really, really tall, way taller than I thought he was when I saw him in real life. Um, you know, it's different when you're on zoom, you don't, you can't really tell how tall somebody is. Um, but at the end of the three days, I walked, walked away from that experience with multiple things that he was telling me that he, I didn't even know about myself. Like mm -hmm. even the way that I went about um, getting new business, like the way he was able to describe how he saw me in the act of getting new business. Cause he sat there and listened to me on sales calls, listened to me, uh, you know, with when I was responding to an email and I was irritated by the way that this person had emailed me, he was just observing, I think is a good way of saying that. And at the end of the three days, I walked away and I was like, holy crap, like I'm, I'm a better business owner and I'm a better boss because I just got told that I was doing something really bad, like really mm -hmm. not correct. Right. Yeah. And that's something like he, he wasn't saying it in a way of like, Michelle, you're, you're doing this terribly. He was saying in Michelle, you're not doing it the way that you should be doing it based off of who you actually are. Mm -hmm. um, and that ties into what we're talking about here is once I discovered that I was a bulldog, which is what Phil calls me. Um, once I discovered that that was part of my superpower, I had to tame it as he said, right? Like, so having to be the bulldog to come out at the right time, instead of 
like starting that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot that can be learned and nurtured in this experience. But I do want to, I want to tie this back to something that's really important Mm -hmm. to me. And it's really important to my audience. And I know that you're going to knock this one out of the park per usual, but we have a lot of LOs that move. Right. So I know you, as you mentioned in the beginning of this, they, you know, you and your wife travel for a living quite literally, like you just go wherever you want to go and work from wherever you want to work, which is everyone's dream. I think, um, uh, say hello from Paris for me next year, or <laughs> next month when you guys get to go, um, send wine. Um, but I think what everybody needs to hear you pour into them about is how can we build a brand for ourselves? Right. So who, what our thing is, and how can we take it with us wherever we go? And that mm-hmm. might be a hard question to answer directly, uh, but I do think you'll be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the key is social. Um, the w- the cool thing about how the economy has evolved is, you know, it went. We go back a couple hundred years. It, the industrial economy is all about solving basic problems. And then we elevated into the connection economy, which was, okay, now we have all the stuff, but no one to buy. And so sales became a thing and advertising, TV, advertising, radio, and we're trying to connect the globe. And then uh, towards the end of that, a connection economy, uh, some geniuses, Mark Zuckerberg, amongst others, uh, saw this opportunity to solve two needs, which was how can we solve the, the, the needs, the esteem needs that people have, which is um, <sighs> the need to be seen, to be heard, to feel respected, to feel like we matter, feel like we belong. How do we meet those needs and profit off of them? And they actually, and they birthed uh, social media. That's what social media was. Everyone thinks it's for us or for advertising. It is for us and for advertising. But the the reason it caught fire was the biggest void in, in in humanity at that time was we were feeling insignificant, unseen, unheard. We wanted to matter. And he gave us a platform to matter. So just, and, and I explain it in that way, because that is what the platform is now. It is a global platform to matter. So as an entrepreneur, what's that mean? Or as somebody who has a thing that wants to share it, let's say, let's even word it that way, because entrepreneur who knows what that is, but somebody has a has a thing and wants to share it, it means you have a platform to showcase your thing. And you know what goes viral on social? Your thing. Look at look at go on social. Look at the top accounts. They you can look at any single person to know who they are, what they do, what they care about. It's it's obvious. That's the reason that person has become popular is you look at it. It's you just, you can go on this little journey with them through their thing, who they are, what they're passionate about, why they care. And if you look at the one people that you care most about, I guarantee you that's what's going on. It's you're on this journey of man. I, I, I feel like I can understand who this person is and what their thing is. Why does that work? Because in a world where the only void, so that was the last those are all those voids were solved. There's actually one more void up at the top, and that is self-actualization. That is the biggest void across the globe right now. People don't know who they are, what they're good at, why they're here, what their purpose is. It is the biggest void, and it's eating at everyone. So if you can showcase your thing, your purpose, and show that you're somebody who knows what it is, it is the sexiest thing online right now because 
it, it, whether we consciously are aware of it or not, deep down, that's the void. And it's like, man, I want to be around somebody who knows who they are, knows what their thing is. And they will refer to you. They will work for you. They will become clients of yours. I mean, it is just, it's the sexiest attribute because it's so of how rare it is. Because even there's even a lot of people who are really famous and, and who don't know what they are. And we can tell. They say a lot of stuff and smart things and whatever. But in the end, it's like, nah, that's not who you actually are. And we know. So if you can showcase your thing, you can take it, like I said, industry to industry, state to state, company to company. It's It, it follows you. And the best way to do it is first find it. And then, yeah, go all in, help other people understand what it, what it is. And it's, you're, you're kind of doing your own work in front of everyone. You're explaining to them, Hey, here's what I think it is. And then next week, that's why like you look at my content, it looks kind of to evolve. Well, it's because I don't know what I'm saying half the time until I share it with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but, but it's not a fun, right? It's, it's really fun. And people, people celebrate your journey. So that's, that's what I would say to that. It is, it's where the economy is going. We are, we're the purpose economy is just starting. It is, we just broke out of the whole steam thing. COVID really like pushed us through it quickly. The, the global void now is self-actualization, a perception of self. And if you can be one of the few that's found it, you will thrive. Yeah. And I think this is, this gets into like a little bit of a, a personal conversation for a lot of people, right? It's kind of exposing maybe a side of them that they've been afraid to share or things mm -hmm. or conversations that have gone on in their lives that have, they feel like nobody wants to talk about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or they've experienced something and, and it feels hard to kind of divulge. Right. Because they're like, mm -hmm. what is somebody going to think about me? Or is, is somebody going to look at me differently because I'm having this conversation with you? Um, but I actually think, you know, and for those people, you know, who know me, I teach them how to, to, put this on Instagram, but it's so much more than that, right? It's, it's a matter of how can we create connection with an individual that can then lead to a really powerful and very easy conversation, which ultimately leads to what the person wants off of social, which is conversion, mm -hmm. right? So when somebody calls me to help them, they think that they're getting help with just how to put content on Instagram. But what they're actually getting is how to actually create conversations that are going to turn into relationships that become Correct. referral partners for life, right? Correct. Through social that just happens to be the mechanism or the, the handshake, I call it virtual mm -hmm. handshake between you and somebody else. Um, but one of the biggest problems is I hear people say, well, I'm boring. I don't really have much going on in my life or, um, and I, I, I throw myself under the bus, right? I had postpartum depression so bad yeah. after having my son, right? So, so bad. And people don't like talking about it because they think that it makes us look weak. I actually mm -hmm. think that my relationships got stronger by being mm -hmm. willing to have those conversations with mm -hmm. people because people felt more connected to me and wanted to figure out how the hell I was running a business in a new state with my husband that went from not working to working full time while me also running my company with no family, mm -hmm. no friends and a two week old. Right. So it empowers you to talk about the things that you struggle with or the things that make you you. Um, so you've done a really good job at this and I creeped on mm -hmm. your social obviously and scrolled all the way down and, and went back down the wormhole of Roland. Um, and the evolution is there and it's mm -hmm. really powerful if you watch it. Um, if you could, I think this is going to be a random question for you. Uh, but that evolution 
what does it feel like when it's happening, right? So maybe as it's happening, we don't even notice it. But if mm-hmm. you were to look at your social right now and you scroll back a year, I'd be, I would bet to say you're like, the role on that I was a year ago is a lot different than the role that I am today. Oh yeah. The role that I was even, even six months ago. I mean, I, one of my superpowers, I kind of hate that question and that word, but I'll use it because it's fad that everyone understands. Um, one of my abilities uh, is I have, I've stayed really nimble. I've been, you know, I think, I think one thing that people do poorly is identify with stuff really prematurely before really thinking about why you're identifying with it. I, I, I never did that. I, I don't know how I learned to not, but I've been very, very, very nimble and I've, I'm not afraid to admit that I was wrong and change and do something different. I, I used to call myself a professional quitter because I did. I quit everything, everything significant that most people don't have the balls to quit. I quit. I just kept quitting and quitting and quitting. Michelle, your, your story is quite similar. And uh, I think if you look at a lot of really successful people, it's not the commitment that really stands out. It's the quitting and moving on. That's what people really don't highlight. Successful people quit, move on quick. It's staying and beating on something that's just not working or you're just not made for. It's just the wrong time. That'll set you back. Um, it's, it's quitting. So the, the, what's it feel like the whole time? It's kind of scary, to be honest. Very scary because I keep quitting and I keep not knowing anything, keep starting over. And so it's 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 not glamorous whatsoever. Here's the thing that I will say felt really good because I knew I was getting closer and closer. I knew I needed to quit. And I think a lot of us know and we just don't because we feel like we're starting over. And that's one way to look at it. But it's I, I think it's the wrong way to look at it. Next question to piggyback off that, because I don't want to lose my train of thought is when someone's afraid to talk about mm-hmm. something, what would you say to that person? Let's say yep. something's going on. They're having that moment where they're like, you know what I've been doing. I've been saying that I love working with first time home buyers and I'm just over it. Like I'm done with the first time home buyers. Mm-hmm. It's not something out. This is a really, really one-on-one example, but I, this is something that people are going to be, be able to, to understand. Right. I think mm-hmm. we're, that's the good way. Cause you and I could very much so go way high above mm-hmm. everybody's heads, but I don't want to do that. Um, so the person who is like, I I've been doing first time home buyer, you know, I've been working with them for the last 15 years. I love the education side of it. I'm super passionate about helping people understand it, but I struggle because it, they don't take advice Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's for me anymore. And I Mm -hmm. want to get out of that. Then stop. That's my, that's my, that's my answer is stop your feelings are never wrong. If you're feeling like something's off and you're just checked out and not jazzed, you're probably right. Or if you're so if you're going on social and you want to say something and it doesn't feel quite like you, it probably isn't. So like y- your emotions are, are 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 usually right. Now your conclusion interpretation isn't, oh, why am I doing this social? I should just quit and stop making videos. No, that's not what that feeling means. The feeling is what you're saying is not resonating and it's fake and you're just copying other people and you don't feel excited about it. That's true because you're just copying others and just saying stuff that you don't really care about. So that, that feeling is accurate. You made the conclusion that you shouldn't make videos anymore. So that's how I'd respond to that is your feelings are always accurate. You just need to keep doing some diving. Maybe maybe it's not first time buyers. Maybe you're presenting it wrong, presenting it differently. Maybe coming, you're, the way you're putting it out, you're becoming a magnet for disaster clients, 
right? So it's, it's, I would do some more digging there. Your emotions are probably correct, but there's, I wouldn't say you need to always quit. Sometimes you're just doing it wrong. Oh my gosh. What you just said, I need to put on a billboard and make a quote <laughs> template for my Instagram. But, um, the, it's not necessarily the person or like the first time home buyer conversation. It's mm -hmm. that the way, and everybody needs to hear me say this. I'm going to say it twice. It's the way that you are putting content out. So like what you're saying, what that template looks like, what the words are that you're putting out, the infographics that you're putting out all, all over social, you are becoming a lead magnet or quite literally like, I mean, you said it, you just said magnet. I'm, I added lead to that, but you're becoming a magnet to the people that you don't want to work with because you're not willing to go deep enough to wait until you do know who you want to deal with before you put content out. Right. right. So in the Instagram power method, the way that I structure this is before a post even goes live, you go through four modules to really dig into what that is. And I mean, Roland, I think that you should come and guest speak for some of my course students because they really, I think that you would blow their minds, but, um, what that little piece of this podcast episode so far is where I really want us to, to stop and let people let that really sink in that your problem with your content, your problem with feeling uninvested in what's happening is because you're becoming a magnet for the wrong people. Mm -hmm. Um, instead of waiting, I'm going to say that again, instead mm -hmm. of waiting before something goes live to make sure that your content and the message you're trying to put out matches the person that you really are and the person that you really want your people to think that you are again, to the point of perception. Mm -hmm. 100%. I believe that. So I, I love that so much. And I actually have a quote day coming up. So I'm going to steal that. Um, and <laughs> there we go. Obviously I'm going to make sure I tag you because that everybody needs to hear that. But Roland, I do want to be a very good steward of your time. I know you have a ton going on and I know that there's a lot in, in your side or on your side of everything that, you know, I couldn't even begin to imagine. I know you have some big events coming up too. So um, I do want everybody to be able to connect with you. I want everybody to be able to have an opportunity to work with you if they want to be part of that. Um, so if you could let us know, how do we find you? What's coming up for you? Um, and if, if I wanted to call you tomorrow to, to come to one of these things, what do I need to know? Yeah, Roland, I mean, um, social is probably the easiest way to communicate. I'm super accessible. If you message me, unless I'm out in the mountains with my wife, I'll be able to get right back to you. So uh, Roland Cochran at Instagram or Roland Cochran on um, Facebook uh, or RolandCochran.com and we can just jump on a Zoom call. I love it. So what's what's the big event coming up that people need to know about? Uh, well, I, so in design, we have three and they go, it's rolling admission. So you can come into the program at any time. And then the, um, you'll go to one of the three events. So I, 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 after I've seen people go to three events, I no longer as a service to you, as a service to my clients, I no longer sell one. After I saw what happens after three, you have to come to three. So you thought you found your thing after one. Hell no. What you do on number three is you become the elite, what the elite players have. So, um, so yeah, the, 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 the events run all year long. I do three, uh, I do three a year and, uh, just contact me. I'll let you know when the next one is and how the whole thing works. Love it. I love it so much. And, uh, I, I just think that more people need to know about how to unlock this and how it can really 
change everything. Like it can change your message. It can change even the way that you answer an email. I mean, it can change everything if you feel that deep down. Um, and I couldn't be more passionate about what you do and, and how it ties into what we do. And I think that people need to get on the train uh, of waiting and being confident in that instead mm -hmm. of feeling like they have to just automatically go out and start posting mm -hmm. because they feel like they're behind, right? Mm -hmm. If you're behind, that's okay. I think this is an opportunity to, to figure out why you're behind because there's probably a, a hidden message there um, mm -hmm. and then be able Perfect. to catch up correctly. So Roland, thank you for being here. Thank you for pouring into my people. I'm so grateful to know you. I'm so excited for what, what's going to come uh, hopefully with the two of us. And um, I just, I just pray that people get a lot out of this um, and that they reach out to you if they want to. You bet. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys in the next episode of the coffee and questions podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow my guests on social media. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you consume this content.